I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. It's Rob here. I hope you're doing okay. Now, thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you're looking forward to this week's episode. It's a good one, I promise. I'm just here to tell you that we recorded this before SVT announced the final 14 names that are taking part in next year's Melody Festival and in Melfest 2022. As of Wednesday, of course, we now know the full list, the 28 artists that are taking part in Melfest, which is very exciting, but that announcement came after we recorded, so that's not in this week's episode. However, you know how much we love Melfest, so there is going to be plenty of reaction to that, and keep across our social channels for more on that. So we are at Your Trip Podcast, of course, you know that already, on Twitter and Instagram. But for now, let's get on with this week's podcast. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Eurotrip, a brand new episode for you this week and hopefully you're listening on the day of release, Wednesday the 1st of December. Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas Rob. Merry Christmas James. Still a bit early to put the decorations up if you ask me. Tree's not going up for another couple of weeks. Okay, let's let's chat about that another time. But we are recording two days beforehand, Monday the 29th of November, which marks one year, a full 365 days since France won the Junior Eurovision Song Contest of 2020. And that does therefore mean it has been a whole year since we had one of the most wholesome Eurovision moments of all time, courtesy of the French commentators at last year's contest. Okay, let's do it. Attention. France, 64 points. You received from online voting. Additional. 
Oh, that is lovely, isn't it? What a moment that was. Now, before you played it, actually, Rob, I was thinking when you were saying it's been so long or it's been 365 days since, I thought what you were going to say is, we saw Rafael. No. No, of course. Of (laughs) course. Oh, I miss him. I miss him. (laughs) I... I would like him to host every Eurovision event ever. I think. Can we make? Can we sign a petition to make that happen? Oh, I don't know if you get many signatures, mind. You can. You, that can be your cause over the next year or so, and see how many signatures you get. Rafael to host Eurovision 2023. The campaign starts now. Well, I'll leave that in your capable hands. Let's get on with the Euro trip. As you know, Lassandra always said, "Take it away." Hi. Hi. We are Daniel Dagnamagnet, and you're listening to Eurotrip. I don't close any doors. I love Eurovision, I love Berlin Festival, and it will always be a part of me. That night, I found myself live on Russian state television for for Russia's Song for Europe. I said to Joe, send BBC Teenage Life. Maybe two weeks later, I was at a press conference, and I was on Making Your Mind Up. Everyone was like, Eldar, come, celebrate with us. The end of filming, they put honey on my face, and I needed to be, you know, sexy with this honey on my face. Hi there, my name is Martin Estadal. I am the executive supervisor of the Eurovision Song Contest. You are listening to Eurotrip. Hello, everybody, and welcome along to the Eurotrip, the world's favorite Eurovision podcast with me, Rob. Me, James. And this week, Lithuania's entry at Eurovision 2013, when, of course, the contest was held in Malmo, Andreas Pajovas. Now, this is a very interesting guest we've got on the podcast this week. He, is it safe to say, Rob, he speaks in riddles occasionally, so it's a very interesting lesson. I promise everybody, if you get all the way to my interview with Andreas a bit later, you are not going to quite know what you've heard, but you're going to enjoy it. That's what I can say about that interview. And James, you are especially going to be a big fan of this interview, I'll tell you that much, because this is what he said when I asked him for his thoughts and his favourite songs from Eurovision 2021. I really like the French girl. I think that she's, to me... I just follow her on Instagram. I think that she's really smiling. She's really sweet person as a person. So, so I really like her. You know, I like the Maneskin, some sort of a song of the show with it. We're like, yeah, we're rockers. We are cool. So it was, it was, yeah, yeah, you rock, you know. But as a personality and the way of probably living and seeing the things I really like is Barbara. And I think she's really sweet person. So, so yeah, I think the first two, they were really good. Uh, he's a man after my own heart. We always love it when people love French music, but we're looking forward to him chatting about that later on. And as I talk about French music, well, this is sort of a segue, but we'll roll with it anyway. Remember last week we were talking about Monaco potentially returning to the contest? Well, we're going to be getting all the details from Nisse Samrath from Eurovision-FR. All that and more still to come. You're listening on Acast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is the Eurotrip. That's right, this is the Eurotrip. Thanks again for picking us, clicking us on your screen, putting your earphones in or your headphones on and sitting back, kicking back, relaxing with James and Rob yet again. 
like a modern day Richard and Judy. <laughs> you don't know who they are? Ask your kids. They are, they're relevant. Richard's on. I'm still ask your kids. Ask your kids. Ask your parents. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you've got kids. Ask them. I don't know. It's a family show. <laughs> everybody loves the Euro trip. I don't know where we're going with this, but yeah, basically, lovely to have you with us. Thanks very much, everybody. Uh, safe to say, me and James are a little bit nervous this week because. After me badgering James for many weeks, as you will have heard on previous podcasts, to book his travel to Paris for Junior Eurovision. James, can you confirm that you've done it? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes, I can. I have spent the many, well, I was going to say many hundreds, I've spent in excess of £100, and it looks like that potentially could have all gone down the drain. Aren't you so pleased that I persuaded you that we should go to Paris in the middle of winter during a pandemic? (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah, in all seriousness, uh, we'd like to go to Paris to cover Junior Eurovision. As things stand at the moment, I would say we probably still are. We will keep you across developments. We will endeavour to still bring you the best coverage of Junior Eurovision 2021 regardless. I mean, we might have some nice days off not in Paris at the, in the <laughs> middle of this month. But we will we'll keep you across our plans. And uh, variant dependent, we will, uh, we will hopefully be in the French capital uh, in, terrifyingly, uh, just over two weeks' time. Yeah, 18 days it is until the contest is due to take place. We will hopefully be there a couple of days or a few days before that. But to keep up to date with us, if we've got any updates on that, then you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Eurotrip Podcast, which is a lovely segue for me to talk about your lovely messages over the last seven days. Uh, You'll probably remember we chatted to Irish Head of Delegation Michael Keeley last week. And boy, is it safe to say it, we milked that man for all he's worth, the amount of stories that came out of that chat. And it's lovely to see so many of you getting in touch about it. Uh, Here's one from Jamie, he got in touch on Twitter to say, finally, the episode I've been waiting for. Nice to hear that our head of delegation does care and he has some good ideas. We'll just have to wait and see on January the 21st. Hopefully, we will soon see if the Late Late Show will be happening on January the 21st, as Michael told us last week. And also, the amount of people, or the amount of sites rather, who wrote stories about Michael's comments, uh, we really, really appreciate. And uh, I must tell you about this one. ESC Plus over in Spain. (laughs) I saw they uh, tagged us in one of their tweets when they wrote their story. And I just loved the first part of that tweet, and it just read... Drama in Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) Just makes it sound very exciting, doesn't it? It really, really does. So uh, lovely to hear all of those uh, stories and all of your tweets as well. Rob, you've got some as well and a particular segment of last week's episode. I certainly do. I just want to say I love Google Translate. I love it when, (laughs) you know, these French speaking, German speaking, Spanish speaking, whoever, you know, news sites who cover Eurovision um, quote, some of the the brilliant interviews we have on the podcast they wrote some stories about them i love just pressing the google translate button to seeing what on earth it ends up looking like because google translate turns out not that accurate who knew uh, but you are correct yeah i've uh, had a lot of lot of thanks and praise i would say uh, from listeners of the podcast on what i would say is one of my finest works which is the eurovision theme music section from last week's podcast you might remember that i found possibly the best playlist ever on spotify which is a collection of theme music from the eurovision song contest including my personal fave eurovision 2000 
Anyway, ESC Sophie tweeted us to say, as someone who regularly listens to the BBC News theme, brackets, as it's an absolute banger, you're right, Sophie, it is. She says, I very much appreciate the Eurovision theme music segment on At Your Trip Podcast this week. That playlist is going straight on my Spotify favourites. You and me both, because I tell you now, I listened to that playlist on my way to work shortly after the podcast had gone out last week. Don't have to make you walk with a purpose when you've got the Eurovision <laughs> 2016 theme on the go. Oh, honestly, that was... Although you didn't make the playlist, the way you made it sound on the podcast last week was excellent. So thanks so much for doing that. And also on the back of Sophie's message on Twitter, yes, we do need to hear the Melfest theme tune on Spotify and Apple Music ASAP. But it's safe to say you're probably going to be hearing that theme music on uh, this podcast very soon. We'll say no more. Anyway, if you want to get in touch with anything you have heard on today's episode or anything you are yet to hear, including this interview coming up with Andreas Pajovas from Lithuania 2013, I'll tell you what, you're going to have some thoughts. I don't know what they're going to be, but you're definitely going to have some. Get in touch. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Eurotrip Podcast. And we are also on the email hello at EurotripPodcast.com. As it always does, that sound means it's time for us to round up all the latest news from the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. And as we are now just 18 days away from Junior, and uh, there was no way I was going to try and figure out how many days it is until Turin. Uh, it's, well, it's getting sooner and sooner, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, it's safe to say that it's been a very busy week, Rob. It certainly has been a busy week. And yes, that is indeed how time works, because as it passes, <laughs> events in the future get sooner and sooner. Or, as you would say correctly, closer? Mate, would you? I don't know. I feel like I unnecessarily picked you up on that. Yeah, never mind. Tell you what, do you want to just do the news? Actually, let's pick you up on this, given you picked me up on something irrelevant. Have you written it down, or are you going to try and do a James and just try and read it off the cuff and make it sound absolutely abysmal? It's been a very busy, very busy afternoon. I'll tell you that much, listeners. Mainly... Because I did a very exciting interview earlier on that you're going to hear over Christmas and New Year. So that took up quite a lot of my afternoon. So uh, to answer the question that you have just asked me, uh, yes, this is going to be quite haphazard. You'll probably hear a good few mouse clicks as I bounce around between what seems to be about 39 tabs in front of me to try and keep you up to date with what's been going on in the world of Eurovision. So are you ready? Let's begin. Right, well, let's head to Bulgaria because we've got yet another artist who is going to Turin and Eurovision 2022. The Intelligent Music Project, possibly the best name for a group ever, have been announced as Bulgaria's representative for Eurovision 2022. The group are the third participants, of course, to be announced as participating in next year's contest. And they are set to perform the song intention that song will be revealed at the beginning of december well it is the beginning of december so maybe not too long to hear our first song of eurovision 2022 from bulgaria over to sweden and svt the swedish national broadcaster have revealed the first 14 acts that are going to be taking part in melfest next year now some of these names have been rumored 
for a while, but let's just go through a few of them now. We've got Liamu, of course, he's back again. Clara Hammerstrom, who I know James is especially excited about. We've got John Lundvik, of course, the winner of Malfest 2019, who, of course, represented Sweden in Tel Aviv. And a big return, of course, for Linda Bensing, who has been to Melfest more times than James has had his hair cut. So from <laughs> Melfest to Estee Lau, we had, of course, quarterfinal two over the weekend, and we saw five songs progress to the semi-final stage. The exciting news from earlier this week, back in Estee Lau, is Alina Necheyeva, who, of course, has represented Estonia before at Eurovision in 2018. So she'll be one of the names taking part in this weekend's quarterfinal. Now we move on to Norway. The Melody Grand Prix 2022 dates have been confirmed. Now, Stig Carlson, the head of delegation, has said that he believes the quality of the songs this year is sky high. Now, the full list of shows are out there at the moment. The first show is on January the 15th, so not too long to wait. The big grand final, February the 19th. We've got some more artists in Australia. Of course, we had Mike and Dale from Aussie Vision on the podcast last week. We now know that Sheldon Riley, G Nation, and Andrew Lambrew. Is he? That rhymes, doesn't it? I'm not wrong. James, Andrew Lambrew does rhyme. Does it rhyme? Uh, sorry, I was busy. I had to unmute my mic. Uh, if I'm perfectly honest with you, Rob, I wasn't listening to you. So uh, should I say yes? <laughs> <laughs> and we said that I'd be coming into this segment unprepared, but yet still you have come across as the idiot. Uh, Romania, they've selected their song, or rather, that's what happens when you read a sentence for the first time, they will select their song for Eurovision on March the 5th. The Czech Republic will reveal their songs next week. We're going to have seven finalists and voting for that will open next week as well. So that's all very exciting. And finally, the stage designers have been announced for Eurovision 2022. Atelier Francesca Montinaro have announced that they have been chosen to design the stage. They have previously designed the stage for the Festival de San Remo in 2013 and 2019. Did you enjoy me rolling my R of San Remo? Oh, wow, you've become very confident with the rolling of the R now, haven't you? Can you say your own name with a rolling of the R? Roberto Liliano. <laughs> If wow. if if I was taking part as an artist in San Remo, obviously, excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Yeah, it's been a very busy seven days. You've probably missed some stuff out there as well. I can almost guarantee that I have. <laughs> oh gosh, are we going to have to drop the news segment at some point? Where there's just so much news that we just can't keep on top of it all, and we'll just have to say it to people. There's a lot of news. Go out and find it yourself. Either that or I was trying to work out what we do. We write our own Eurovision newspaper, which we send by post to all of the listeners. Let's not do that. We've got enough money to recoup <laughs> from our trip to Paris, let alone <laughs> start and produce, uh, starting to produce our own newspaper. Oh, dearie me. Well, anyway, thanks for all that, Rob. But do you remember on last week's podcast when we were chatting about some mundane nonsense, probably, and then some news broke, or at least a rumour began, that Monaco is potentially going to return to Eurovision, not next year, not in 2022, but in 2023. Well, this got our Eurovision news antenna 
wiggling. Not wiggling. What's the phrase for that? When I say wiggling anyway, they were wiggling away as antennae do. I was going to say, I was going to say twitching. I don't know if that's better. Yes. Yes, but wiggling sounds even better, doesn't it? So what I'm trying to say is we tried to find out a little bit more information on this little rumour to find out if there is much substance to it and whether Monaco will be returning for the first time since 2006. So to do that, earlier on this week, I sat down with Nisse Samreth, who is the editor-in-chief of Eurovision-FR, a French Eurovision news website. And I began by asking him, when he first heard that Monaco may well be returning to the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, I think I learned about um, the return of Monaco about uh, a week ago, uh, thanks to a tweet sent by uh, L'Observateur de Monaco, which announced the return of uh, the Principauté. But uh, I have to check out the, the news if, if it was real. And in fact, uh, there is a an envelope of uh, 100,000 euros planned for the contest in uh, 2023. Now, this is the interesting part, isn't it? Because I think, you know, we've heard rumours like this before and some people would think, oh, it's just a rumour. I'm not going to take this seriously. But it's this part about this 100,000 euros that people naturally think this is actually a really believable story now, isn't it? Is that Yes, it's... Um... Quite unusual because uh, Monaco hasn't shown any interest for the contest. You know, like uh, uh, small countries like uh, Andorra or uh, Slovakia, and um, the fact maybe the fact that a country like uh, San Marino can uh, have good well good success, but planning to to qualify to the final. Uh, and uh, I think the success of uh, France since uh, 2016 can explain a new interest of Monaco for, for the contest. Yeah, it is interesting, isn't it, when you look at San Marino, you know, a small nation like that performing well, or at least grabbing these big names, Flo Rider, of course, this year, and the success of France as well this year, second place in 2021. That could be the reason Monaco are interested again. How important do you think it is that Monaco are thinking about coming back? Because we often talk about whether Slovakia will come back or whether Turkey might actually come back. But Monaco, how important would it be for the nation to return in 2023? Hmm, Monaco can be important for the contest because it could be a um, gain interest from all over the world. And it can be uh, an ally for France as a French-speaking country, as, a, as we are uh, culturally close uh, together because um, many uh, representatives of Monaco were French. I think can can make news, but we have to wait. It has to be concrete before planning, uh, speaking seriously about a return of Monaco. Yeah, absolutely. And we've got plenty of time over a year, well over a year until 2023. So they've got some time to figure everything out. One thing that will have to be figured out as well is the broadcaster, because most would look to TMC as the broadcaster. But there may be some issue around that with them being owned by the, the private broadcaster in France, TF1 as well. So TMC, as you said, the TMC is, is 
owned by uh, private channel TF1, who has left uh, the BU, but there were several members, uh, several channels, several radios who are, which are members of uh, DBU, like uh, Monaco Info, who can broadcast a live event uh, from, uh, from Monaco and who can be the podcaster of the Eurovision Song Contest. Now, you mentioned before about some of the artists who represented Monaco in the past. Were A lot of them were French and French-speaking. What sort of artist, what kind of artist would Monaco be looking for? Because presumably they'd have to look overseas. They, they wouldn't necessarily have a lot or they wouldn't necessarily have a big talent pool to choose from within Monaco itself, would they? I think that Monaco can send for the contest maybe a contestant from uh, The Voice in France or some uh, or a pop artist if they can manage to, to convince them to, to take part at the contest for Monaco. Well, that is one to keep an eye on. Let's make sure we're all watching The Voice France in 2022 to see who may be representing the country. Very quick, last question. It's a simple yes or no. Do you think it will happen? Will we see Monaco at Eurovision in 2023? I'm quite optimistic. I said yes. I oh. think I can, uh, can manage a return of uh, Monaco if, uh, if everything goes well. Well, we'll soon see. Well, not so soon anyway. We've got a while to wait, but let's see what happens. Nisai, thank you so much for chatting to us here on the Eurotrip. Thank you, James, for the invitation. This is the Eurotrip. When you aren't listening, you can find us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. Warming you up for the Eurovision Song Contest. This is indeed the Eurotrip Podcast. And that was very intriguing, isn't it? Will Monaco return to Eurovision in 2023? I guess we will have to wait and see. But needless to say, we've got our ear to the ground. Or as James said earlier on, our Eurovision news antenna is wiggling. <laughs> oh, I do love it when our news antenna start to wiggle. I'm, honestly, this is going to be a thing now. I'm just going to make use of that phrase for every single week of the podcast that we ever do. And it's one of my favourite parts of the podcast when we get to do news stories like this. But anyway, the news antenna will continue to wiggle week by week. Something else I am interested in, though, and um, we didn't get much chance to talk about it earlier on, but we did mention it at the start of the podcast. When do you put your Christmas decorations up? I would vote that it would be today, but there have been disagreements amongst the other family members about when that should be. Others are saying it should be this coming weekend, but for me, frankly, that's far too late. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I think there are, I was talking to someone about this the other day, there are less weekends in December before Christmas Mm -hmm. this year. So it's a bit closer than it would be. Otherwise, I say it's a bit closer. It's it's still on December the twenty fifth, famously. They've, <laughs> they've 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 not changed the date, but yeah, I just I don't know. I feel a bit weird about it until we're at least like you've said, and the other members of your household have said until it's at least the first weekend in December. Especially if you're getting a real tree. If you're getting a real tree now, be mm. dead by Christmas, surely. Now, one quick question. It's got to be quick. We haven't got much time. But if you had to put a picture of somebody from Eurovision on top of your tree, as in the Eurovision star, if you will, to top your tree, who would it be? Oh, this is a big question. We're still trying to work out who we want in calendar form before we work out who's getting on top of the tree. I would... 
naturally, I could just say hurricane again, couldn't I? Um, I'm going to say that I would like, on the top of my Eurovision tree, the Olsen brothers. Oh, that's a good idea, isn't it? In fact, now you've said it, I can't think of anyone better. So can I have one of them and you can have the other? Yes. Yes, I think so. Actually, no. No, I'm not down for that. I'm having both. I chose them first, so so you can have someone else if you want. You stick Rambo up your tree if you like. (laughs) What a phrase that is. You can stick (laughs) Rambo up your tree. I don't think you're going to hear that again anywhere else this week. I was going to ask again, uh, listeners, tell us who you would know. Don't do that. We're asking too much of you this week. Because we do have one final thing to ask you to get in touch with this week. Because I'm very interested. It's almost selection season, or arguably selection season has already started. Because, of course, we've got Esty Lau going on, Czech Republic reveal and kick off their selection process next week. Melfest with artists already. Honestly, it's, it's Eurovision news left, right and centre at the minute. But are you seriously trying to represent a country at Eurovision 2022? Because if you are... We want to hear from you, and we want to follow you on your journey. It may be a short journey, it may be a long journey, but we'd love to hear from you, find out more about your song, who you're trying to represent, all of that info. If you listen to this and you're thinking, yeah, I'd have a chat with Robin James about that, then we are, of course, on hello at com on the email, or drop us a DM on Twitter or on Insta as well. Chances are we won't see it on Insta for a long time. But drop us a DM on Twitter and we'll probably see it at your trip podcast. Don't forget, you can get in touch with us on social media. We're at Eurotrip Podcast. That's right. You are listening to the Eurotrip and it is finally time. If you've listened all the way through and you haven't just skipped ahead with your little finger on the screen, I don't know who you are if you do that. But if you listened all the way through, it is time to get to the big interview this week with the man who speaks in riddles. Although I say that, actually, I don't know. I've not heard it yet. I'm like you listening at home. I've not heard it yet. It's just what Rob told me when he finished chatting with him. He said, blimey, that man speaks in riddles. And that's just what I've called him ever since. You're not going to say his name. You're leaving that to me, are you? (laughs) Yeah, that was a very convenient evasion tactic, wasn't it? To avoid saying his name. Very nicely done. We are talking about Andreas Pajavis. We think that's how you say his name. Andreas, I'm sorry if it's not. He, of course, represented Lithuania at Eurovision in 2013 when the contest was held in Malmo. Finished in 22nd place. So he finished above Ireland, Spain, France, Finland. Finished just below, one point less than, and I always forget she did Eurovision. Cascada. Anyway, Andreas was very generous with his time, and I actually technically had Saturday brunch with Andreas over the weekend, which was very nice. Him in Vilnius, me here in London. But we chatted about all sorts. James is right. He chats in riddles. He's a very interesting man, which I think will come across when you listen to this. But we find out all about why the song that he eventually represented Lithuania with potentially wouldn't be his first choice to sing on the Eurovision stage. We hear whether he'd go back to Eurovision again. We hear about his time in a rock band as a child. We hear about his favourite songs from Eurovision 2021. There is all sorts in here. But I started by asking him, naturally, how he'd found homeschooling during the pandemic. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they were having lessons uh, online, you know what I mean, this uh, distance learning, so they have to connect as we are connecting through Zoom, you know, whatever it is, and then I was helping them with the, with the homeworks and stuff like that. It, it was okay, we had these three months, I think we stayed at home three months. I think the, it was the first months was rather stressful just to figure out the timings, you know, this. so I had a lot of to to dig in, you know, with them to understand what is happening. But then it was, it went well, it went really well. And, and we were also happy when they opened the school, but because the kids, they need the socializing, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. three of us at home all the day, every day. And then the mother, she was coming back in the evening, tired after the job. So, so it was some sort of, I mean, the period that all of us has, as for me, I really need people. I can't stay myself closed all day somewhere without speaking out, without saying my thoughts. You know, it's just, it's really as the air to me is something I really need. This is, of course, a Eurovision podcast. So I'm fascinated. Oh, my... sorry. Sorry. We've no, no, no. No, I love that. I love that. That was fascinating. I'm yeah. interested to hear what your feelings and thoughts were about Eurovision did you have any growing up before you did the contest? What, what was your relationship like with Eurovision at that point? I've been watching it. I've been watching it. I wasn't really a great fan of Eurovision until I understood the idea. So as for Eurovision, I, I think I'm the, big, I'm the biggest fan of the idea itself because it's something, it's some sort of utopia because different kind of people different sexualities, different countries, different races, they come together and the idea is like, look, we can really stay together and we can have fun, we can make songs, we can share the things. And so like, this is this vision that really fascinates me and, and it's, it's a great idea. It's a great uh, idea. It's a great uh, thought that uh, they had, you know, this Eurovision that all nations, they gather and they want to celebrate love. And this is, I think, what it's all about, the music, what we are trying to say, look, it's about love, it's about respect, it's about the empathy, it's about understanding each other. And it's like, even if it's hard, but we have to try to find ways to live together and to respect each other. I'll ask about your journey personally that got you to Eurovision in a, in a second. Yeah. But but you mentioned, you know, obviously you watched the contest this year. Can you remember some of your favourites? I'm sure people listening would love to find out what Andreas's favourite song from 2021 was. Uh, the first I just pressed this Maneskin, the song, uh, this Zitia uh, Buoni. I was, I think, the first one. I just saw it accidentally and it was before the Eurovision, I said I like it because there was some sort of music that I was making when I was uh, when I was a, I wasn't a teenager, but in my early twenties or something like that, you know. So I really, I think it was that's why they won it because it really resonates this idea of rock and roll, you know, the, the no, yeah. you know, all this time some sort of a, it's also the idea of a little bit like saturated Rolling Stone, something like that is. It's more, I think they are more of a glam because it's more of a show. What's, what if I told you before that to me it's too saturated already. It's more about the outfits and, you know, stuff. So I'm more into the music, but I, I like the song. I like the song Zita Mbwone. And, uh, and to be really honest, uh, I really like the French girl. I think that she's, to me, 
And I just follow her on Instagram. I think that she's really smiling. She's really sweet person as a person. So, so I really like her. You know, I like the Maneskin, some sort of a song of the show where they were like, yeah, we are rockers, we are cool. So it was, it was, yeah, yeah, you rock, you know. But as a personality and the way of probably living and seeing the things, I really like this Barbara. And I think she's really sweet person. So, so yeah, I think the first two, they were really good. My my co-host James will be delighted that you picked Barbara because Barbara is his like favorite song. He loves that song, so he'll be delighted that you um that you picked her. But you mentioned before that Manishkin reminded you of music that you used to make, and you were in a rock band, is that right? Yeah, it was after school, and uh, and was like yeah, <laughs> was uh, I think it was extended period of time of my rock and roll. It started after school when I was studying university. Then we. We like there was some sort of we went on tour we went to there was a call like we went to, uh, to germany and they came back from england netherlands france and we been we gathered together we like swapped the mem- band members we were creating music then we were touring all around europe it was like Wow, this period, I mean, it, it was uh, it was rock and roll to the bottom, you know, <laughs> and and yeah, and I was still some sort of uh, was like with this rock background. Uh, I think when when you're a teenager, you some sort of for me was rather it's a hip hop, you know, or some sort. So I was not into it. I was more rock, you know, stuff, rock and roll, punk rock, all that kind of stuff. So probably that's why I like Maneskin, you know, because it was like, oh yeah, it was good times, you know. We're rocking. <laughs> I bet, I bet, you, I bet you've got some good stories from being on tour in the rock band. I bet you ended up in some funny situations. Yeah, but I, I tend, I tend, you know, to. I mean, I tend. Then they start to write the books, you know, and I mean, for sure, there, there are some stories, you know, like uh, some of them I, I just want to keep to myself, you know what I mean, because it's just all right. All of us, we've been there, you know. <laughs> we can we can use our own imagination. It's fine. So for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you doing the the rock band and you touring is that what got people to know about you, and is that kind of what eventually got you the connections? to potentially go to Eurovision. Fill in that link for us. Uh, I think uh, it was some sort of, was just probably um, a continuous uh, path that I was uh, taking and I started start singing really at the young age and I was sort of, was just like always searching the possibilities because I had this dream, you know, I was born in this, still there was this uh, some sort of, Sovietic Union, you know, when I was a kid, everything was like, I remember that period of time that was like dark, you know what I mean? It was really different. It was really dark, different possibilities. But I have since as a kid, I have this feeling the music really resonated in me because my my grandparents, they were like the... Um, chanting in the choir of a church for the, I don't know, for 50 or 60 years. So every Sunday, even if I wanted or not, I was going and they were like having their chant for, I don't know, one hour and a half. And I was like sitting there and listening and I knew it and all it in my memory, you know, so I was listening to some sort of this, this music then, and all of, like the 
part of my father, the family, they really were into the music, you know. So I was growing up and then I started with the music. Then I started like I, we had the cassettes, you know, I was collecting cassettes. I was listening to, you know, Queen, whether it was then. And it was Roxette, the Swedish band and some sort of the influences. Then it started the teenage teenage years, this rock, punk rock, offspring, Green Day, Sex Pistols, you know, Clash. There was some sort of British punk. Then there was American punk. So I was like into the music. I was digging even, you know, into the hip hop. And I was, it was always a big part of my life. The music I could never imagine myself. So, and I really wanted to sing myself, to, to say it out, all those feelings, the way I see the life. I really needed it. You know what I mean? I just really needed it to say so. So I think this experience, the people probably they knew me at school already that I started to organize the band at school. And in Vilnius, the Eurovision, there was a group of the people that they knew me already who were into the music. But Eurovision, when I get to the Eurovision, it was like the whole country could know me, even though I already had the record before. So I went with this idea to promote the record because I recorded it back in Italy and it was 2012. And it was a nice record that I've been working for four or five years. So like this, the, the whole idea to go to Eurovision wasn't wasn't Eurovision. Eurovision was like to go to promote my record, you know. So, so yeah, I wasn't thinking about Eurovision. I was like egoistically thinking about my record. Tell me now, because I'm falling apart to see you here. So, so yeah, and Eurovision, like, I mean, yeah, so the people, they, the group of the people, they went in the music, they, they knew me, but like, I mean, the general public, they, they start to know me after Eurovision. Before you got to Eurovision, of course, the Lithuanian public selected you, they selected your song to, to go yeah. to Malmo. What was that moment like as a musician to realise that, you know, the vast majority of the general public in Lithuania wanted you. They liked your song. They wanted to send you. It was a great feeling, honestly. It was a great... And I wasn't... At the point that I was not expecting, I wasn't prepared. As I told you, I will, I've been there just to promote my record. I wasn't thinking about anything else. I said, okay, they'll show me once. Once on the television, maybe somebody will buy a record, they will like it, you know, and eventually this happened that some one of the songs, it became quite a successful song in Lithuania and the people, they recognized me from that song and whatsoever. And, uh, and yeah, this was the idea. And I wasn't prepared, honestly. It was a great feeling, but I wasn't prepared for that because I wasn't thinking. I didn't have this experience and I was living in Italy. I didn't have anybody anybody that was some sort of would be guiding me you know but I was a young lad without not so much experience you know still like freshly made that so it was really lots of things coming together so the whole experience it was quite of a hectic because it was just too many things happening at once you know what I mean so I was just becoming a father and then I was still was in my head just I was still like some sort of I didn't hear this 
the voice that we were speaking, the sinner voice, uh, I was sort of confused. I was happy, but I didn't realize what that happened. And I wasn't like really paying attention to it. You know what I mean? So, so it was great. It helped me, but I really wasn't prepared as, as I see it now as a person, I was not really prepared. And uh, probably also it was hard because I wasn't living in Lithuania back then. I was living in Italy. So some sort of us was flying here, was all day, you know, then I had the daughter on, like just knew my daughter was three or four months. I mean, it was all like, ooh, it was like a hurricane, you know what I mean? So I was a bit, I was a bit confused, I would say, if, if I would look back right now and I would say, it was, it, it was lots of things where it was hectic and confusing uh, to me. But it wasn't the problem of that the people they selected me. I mean, it was my personal, you know, it was my personal feelings uh, because just too many, too many things happened at once. I think that's this. It was, but it's a it was a great experience for sure. Were you pleased with your own performance? Were you pleased with what you were able to do? Because of course, the big thing for for <laughs> yourself is that you managed to qualify from the semi final. Which you know that must in itself have been a fantastic achievement that you were very pleased with that you able that you were able to perform on the Saturday. Our second finalist is Lithuania, la Lithuania. I think this this was my sort of a goal that I wanted to do, and after it, I wasn't. I, I really wasn't. Put, putting that many efforts to be honest <laughs> I was like sort of really in this mood like laid back okay you know it's all right you know it's like I have to go through to the finals it's really important for the people here in Lithuania it's such a little place and if they don't get to the finals whatever who's coming they were saying oh you are really the bad artist so and I was thinking to myself no, I, I, sh- I shall I should it would be good, you know, I'll pass to the finals, you know. And then I was like, okay, I'm there, so it's fine. Like, I, I, I won't compete. I don't have to prove anything, you know. And and the song that I've been singing, where I pleased, uh, I was this knee, yes and no, because it was some sort of, um, I don't know, I wasn't, it wasn't really, really the song that, I was really surprised that they chose the song, to be honest, I really, I wasn't expecting really, I was not really expecting that they would choose this kind of song and, and, and because I was trying to say to myself, I really like this song and it's really good and it's really blah, blah, but you know, but, but it wasn't really the song that, the song that you sing and, and you feel like, you feel enlightened or somehow, you know what I mean? I said, oh yeah, it's this This is the song. So probably, I mean, they choose and I'm sort of, I agree, okay, I had to do this. I understood this, you know, the general public, they chose me and I have to do this or I don't have the way out, you know. But the song, I wasn't really the most excited about the song because it all happened because I was not thinking to go to Eurovision. I was not even, you know what I mean? So it all happened some sort of unexpected, unexpectedly. And uh, and yeah, so I wasn't really pleased with my performance for sure, because uh, the song was not, I mean, it was my song. It was all right. It was just, it's all right, you know, but, but it was not, you know, so, oh yeah, I'm really, you know, yes, this is it. You know, this, when you got, I'm there, you know, this is two questions in one, kind of. It's if if you went back mm. 
Um, well, would you go back? Because after everything you've learned, you know, do you think you'd be more ready for it? Would you, would you go back? Is that something that you'd be interested in doing now? Um, I'd say I'd say it's about you know, like I've understood like what I told you before the message, the whole, the whole like the whole picture of it because at that time I wasn't thinking I was just think, thinking on my picture on my record on myself and me myself and I you know what I mean I was just there just me my career me you know but everything is like some sort of and now what I told you like it's a big change when you understand like you know that that you, you are part of, of of something bigger you know and and I don't know, really, honestly, I was thinking sometimes what I would like to go. And and it's always it's uh, I just have doubts, you know, you think, oh, but somebody would say, oh, but they will not like maybe some. So there are some sort of the fears, the same, you know, that they distract, you know, and they, I don't have this. Yes, I will go. It's, I like your revision, but it's always you have to have a song and, and the stuff. Uh, would I would like to go back some sort of yes and no. <laughs> and it's some, so, yeah, so I'm this, you know what I mean? I'm this sort of yes and no, but then the other side, oh, yes, man. Yeah, I can do it. And I really have something to say, you know, <laughs> or some, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's some sort of, you know, it's, uh, it's the personal personal motivation that i'm trying to find that's a really honest answer really honest answer yeah. like that yeah how do you see lithuania's role in eurovision because in the past we've seen latvia win eurovision we've seen estonia win eurovision you know the countries around lithuania but lithuania are still after that first win how how do lithuanians see eurovision I think they are slightly mad about it and they are like really some sort of a I don't know, as it is, uh, the world country is really tiny, you know, and it's like, so to me, it's a nice, sometimes the idea of Lithuania coming to Eurovision is like a, a guy from the village is coming, you know, like, rah, rah, <laughs> you know, like it's really saturated and sometimes really distorted thoughts, you know, they are putting so many efforts, they're thinking as the same as me, thinking, me thinking, overthinking, and it's just becoming... Uh, something quite heavy probably that's why it was some sort of natural defense on back in 2013 for me because the whole country was speaking and was like and I was thinking yeah yeah it's good but I mean guys there's a war happening you know in Afghanistan <laughs> and I think we should also really to think about that oh but Eurovision also some sort of I think they're really thinking a lot and sometimes this this thinking too much is just leaves us a little bit like what you say without without nothing in our hands and the group the same they were I was here I was living and they were putting enormous efforts with really enormous efforts about details the seconds the milliseconds how they will turn to camera how will did how they will dress how they will I mean it was like and you were thinking like wow Ah, 
I am competitive person. Maybe it's in the it's a male thing. It's something, but I'm not that competitive that I would do anything like to would do anything like just because it's really important to win for Lithuania. I don't know. It's even why it happened that Lithuania didn't win. There is some. There is probably some issues that why the country they cannot win. But but I think the. The England has the same some some issues with Eurovision, you know what I mean? It's really exciting to find out, you know, what what you do next. It's clear how much you love music. And and Andres, honestly, thank you so much for for chatting. It's been brilliant to to have a chat to you. Thanks, Rob, for you. Thanks for reaching me out. And it's always a pleasure to me to speak. It's also a moment uh, to me. It's a moment like it's like the going to to use like a, to going to the therapist. You know what I mean? It's like it's a way like you're speaking. Some things is just coming out because I wasn't really like thinking I'll say this or that or there on this. So so just things they popping, you know, pops out and something unexpected, always the same. So thanks for reaching me out. Thanks for asking the questions and lots of love. Whew. Well, clunk click. Take those seatbelts off, ladies and gents, because that was one hell of a ride. Very nice. Clunk and click or click and clunk? Not sure. Not sure of the order. It's definitely clunk click, but. I really don't have enough time to tell you why it is or why that worked, but I'll chat to you in your spare time about that because you'll find that fascinating. But anyway, back to Andreas. Well, I hope you enjoyed the ride, everybody, because we mentioned it before you heard it. He's a very interesting fella, I tell you that much. You could sit with Andreas for hours and listen to him speak because I tell you, that man, enough go on. But a really interesting little chat. Not often that you get to hear from Eurovision artists such as Andreas or Andreas, and therefore, lovely to have him on. And also, not often, on the podcast at least, you hear people from 2013, because I think, might have to double check this, but is he the first artist we've had on the podcast from Eurovision 2013? I think he might be. That is a great question, which now leads to a fun segment where Rob quickly glances at all of the other acts that took part in the Eurovision Song Contest of 2013, semi-final one. We haven't spoken to anyone else in there. James, you were, of course, incorrect, because who else was at Eurovision 2013? Let me think. Ah, you, sp- you spoke to not long ago. I've got it. Is it Valentina Manetta? It certainly is. Valentina was in semi-final number two. She didn't make it through, of course, that year. But we do have some... Really, really interesting guests lined up over the next few weeks to take you into Christmas, through Christmas, through New Year and into the New Year. One of which Rob sat down with earlier today, earlier on Monday. You'll get that during the Christmas and New Year period. And it's safe to say that one, we could say this about every single interview we do, but that one, I assure you, is not to be missed. So pop that date, whatever date that will be, in your calendar. If ever there was an interview that you should listen to while nibbling on the Christmas leftovers or while preparing the Christmas dinner, depending on whether it comes out before <laughs> or after Christmas. That interview is very much the one to do that with. But after Andreas has had all of the limelight on this week's episode, it's time for us to thrust it out of his hands, me and you this is, take back control of this here episode and almost finish. But before we do that, it's time for the one second song. It certainly is. 
As I always do, let me quickly remind you what it is. We take in turns each week to play each other and you at home the very first second of a Eurovision song, and all you have to do is guess the song title, the artist, the year it represented, and the country it represented as well. The year it represented? Yeah, I said that out loud and I thought that didn't make sense. Please don't pick up on that, Robin. Here we are anyway. <laughs> Apologies. Always here. Always got your back. Don't worry about it. Well, thanks to Martin and his spreadsheet, of which we have spoken over the last few weeks. Thanks again, Martin. I can tell you that it is currently James 8, Rob 4, scores on the doors at the moment, which means that, James, you have a chance to extend your lead today to a chunky old eight points. Well, let's do it. Can we, for the first time here this week's one second song? Go on, have a listen. Are you okay? Are you impersonating a lawnmower? <laughs> a chainsaw? <laughs> I think what? I've broken it. <laughs> what is that? That's an interesting one. It's familiar. It's familiar. Do you want it again? Yes, please. Let me say it again. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is interesting, actually, because... I can almost see it on the stage. And I know which stage it is. So I can give you part of the answer straight away. I can give you 2011. I can see 2011. It screams 2011. But apart from that, I've got nothing. So it screams 2011. So you're confident with that? Yeah. It just, yeah, I can visualize something. What can I visualize here? Female. I think it's a female singer, but I honestly, I time's couldn't. Time's yeah. ticking, I tell you. Time's I, ticking. I'm not, right, it's going to be a James Will Classic again. I'm confident on 2011, so I think I might get one more point. But here is a song title for you. The Beat of the Drum. <laughs> and it's performed by Sally and the Treetops. <laughs> that was a roller coaster. I didn't know where we were going with that. <laughs> From Malta. So it's Malta 2011, Sally in the Treetops, the beat of the drum. Are you shocked to hear that you've only got one point? <laughs> Is it Sally in the Treetops? It's Sally in the. No, it's not, unfortunately. Not a lot of Eurovision that is called Sally, are there? No, it's not. Sally Ann Triplett, I think she was a she was a Eurovision, Eurovision act for the UK. Good knowledge. Yeah, back in the day. Uh, it is 2011. You were yeah. correct. So you, the vision that you had in your mind was, was right. Your instinct was bang on. It wasn't one female artist. It was two. Because, of course, representing Slovakia at Eurovision 2011 <sighs> was twins with the song I'm Still Alive. Yeah, 
Yeah, it all comes flooding back, doesn't it, when you say it out loud? When you know the answer, what do they say? It's easy when you know it. Ugh, never mind. Now, I've spent a lot of time trying to memorise the tenuous link between that song and this week's podcast. So, can you guess it? There's no point in me even trying to guess then, is there? If you're struggling to remember it, there's no way I'm going to figure it out. So, did Andreas go out with one of the twins? Both of the twins. (laughs) Both of the twins. Good for him. No, he didn't, unfortunately. That's a real shame. No, so, clink clunk, everybody. Strap yourselves back in. (laughs) I hope you've got the seatbelt nearby. So... Andreas Pejovas, of course, was this week's big guest. He sang for Lithuania in Eurovision 2013. Now, the winner of Eurovision 2013 was, of course, Emily de Forest for Denmark. Now, before that, Denmark's only other win came from, turns out we mentioned them earlier, the Olsen brothers, when they sang for Denmark in the year 2000. Now, singing also in the year 2000, just after... Denmark with Germany that year represented by Stefan Raab with the song Wada Hada Do Da Da. Now, that's right, Wada Hada Do Da Da. Germany and Stefan Raab, of course, hosted Eurovision in 2011. That was the year that twins sang I'm Still Alive for Slovakia. Slovakia, of course, making their Eurovision debut in 1994, the same year that Lithuania made their debut at the Eurovision Song Contest. My goodness me, what a journey that was. God, how did you figure that out? I don't know, your friend of mine, Wikipedia, gave me a lot of help for this week's One Second Song, but I'm just impressed I managed to remember it all. Yeah, well done you. Well done to you if you figured that out. There's no way. Maybe you got the points, the four points, but you didn't get the fifth bonus point of figuring out what that tenuous link was. And if you did, then uh, I know fine well you're lying. You can't call the listeners a lie. You can't call the listeners liars just before we finish the episode. <laughs> well, I've done it now, and it's time to wrap up. So if you don't see me again next week, it's because one of you lot has come and found me and locked me head off because you don't like <laughs> what I said about you. <laughs> well, good. This is already in the books as the most bizarre ending for an episode of the Eurotrip that we have ever had, which I, I'm sure will only be topped as the as the weeks and years go on. It's been wonderful to have you with us. Thank you very much for joining us. And Martin, don't worry, we will update the spreadsheet, which now reads James 9, Rob 4. So I will have a chance to edge a lot closer to you on next week's episode. We will update you with whether or not we'll be going to Paris for Junior Eurovision when we know, as we said at the start of the episode, we hope we will be, but who knows what's going on at the minute. Yeah, so keep up to date with us over the next seven days on Twitter and Instagram at Eurotrip Podcast and on the email if you want to get in touch, that's hello at EurotripPodcast.com. And don't forget to get in touch if you are seriously trying to represent a country at Eurovision in 2022. That email address is the same, or you can also get in touch with us on the socials as well. But until we're back with you in seven days' time for a brand new episode of the Eurotrip, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and rate us five stars. From me, James, it's goodbye. And from me, Rob, it's goodbye. Oh, sorry, it was the sound of somebody putting their bin out outside. I don't know if you could hear that. <laughs> I think I did hear that. Oh. Is it um, black bin or blue bin? What colour are your bins? 
Uh, we've got a well, we've got a green bin, which is general waste, but then there's a contentious issue about the colour of the other one. Some Why cr- is the green bin the general waste? I'd it's have expected that would be recycling. Well, it's been green for as long as I've been alive. But then the other one for recycling is, depending on who you ask, it's either dark grey or navy blue. <laughs> this is confusing. <laughs> See, our, our general waste is black and our, right. uh, our recycling is blue. Wow, well, I hope I don't ever have to live where you live, otherwise my bins are going to be all over the place. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.